Hey friends, this is Sarah Grace. I want to share a cause that's close to my heart. You've heard me mention my dear friend Bo. She's the one we walk together in those races. Well, it's time for me to walk alongside her. Her husband, our dear friend Willie, is fighting an epic battle with cancer. There are some new special treatments that could really help, but the cost, well, it's a challenge. And we know that nothing is too great for our God. If you feel led to share the love of Christ in this way, would you consider donating? Go to givesendgo.com forward slash Willie's life. We would be eternally grateful. Thank you. Hey, what's good, my amazing friends? This is Sarah Amazing Grace, and you are listening to The Remedy. Oh, you guys, I just want to thank you so, so much. Last week, I posted about my friend, Willie, who is walking through this cancer battle. And you may have even heard at the top of this show, me talking about the campaign. And I just want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. I have seen so many donations coming in, and I just want to thank you. I want um, to give you guys a special shout out to my listeners who went over to givesendgo.com forward slash Willie's life and gave from your generous hearts for our dear friend. And I just want to thank you. And if you feel led to show the love of the Lord in this way, head on over to that website. We are almost halfway to the goal. And you guys, it is just blowing my mind. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So getting into this week's show, you guys, I want to be real. Not that I'm not always real with you guys, but this has been a really difficult show for me to write. It actually made me feel sick. I don't know if I have been being attacked. In fact, that's the way it makes me feel. I've been physically attacked this week, feeling yucky writing this show. And um, I actually started to write it more than a week ago, almost two weeks ago. And I had to put it down and write a whole other show because <sighs> the battle, the battle belongs to the Lord. But you know what? We have to show up and put on that armor and grab that two-edged sword and step into the ring. And sometimes, man, we get a little bit of crossfire. And, um, you know, I have this week. So uh, anyway, I'm bringing it to you guys. And I hope and pray my prayer is that you will be edified. And somehow the thoughts that all were swirling in my head about this are going to come together. And somebody out there listening is going to be fed from this. Okay. So recently in the news, actress Megan Fox she has been talking about the practice of drinking her fiance, Machine Gun Kelly, his blood and how they drink each other's blood for ritual purposes only, quote unquote, she says. Go ahead and listen. It's just a few drops. But yes, we do consume each other's blood on occasion for ritual purposes. 
only. <laughs> it is used for a reason and it is controlled where it's like, let's shed a few drops of blood and each drink it. He's much more haphazard and hectic and chaotic where he's willing to just like cut his chest open with broken glass and be like, take my soul. Let me bleed on you. <laughs> it doesn't not happen, let me tell you. Maybe not exactly like that, but it a version of that has happened many times. And she just, oh my gosh, you guys, she goes on to talk about, yeah, but she keeps saying over and over, but it's just for ritual purposes only. She's not the only one, you guys. Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker have both shown blood that they're drinking on their social media. And um, what's crazy is that you see people's comments and they're like, you know, yes, vampire queen and uh, uh, encouraging this behavior, almost like they're blind, like they can't see that this is totally wild. Like, oh, oh my gosh. But honestly, this has been on display for those in the know for decades. I mean, back in the 90s, Angelina Jolie, before Brad Pitt, she was married to Billy Bob Thornton. And they also talked about drinking each other's blood for a ritual sacrifice. In fact, they had it around their necks in uh, vials. Okay. And they admitted to ritual sacrifice. You know, adrenochrome is, is a real thing. And even though they make it seem like somehow it's a conspiracy theory, you can even look it up on a search engine and, and, and read about it. It's, it's real. Adrenalized blood. I mean, somehow the fear uh, in there makes it better. It's disgusting and crazy, but this is a real thing. And it's been shown for years and people maybe uh, want to discredit it. I mean, we have movies like It by Stephen King, for example, and people just look past the fact that the clown is scaring children and says that drinking the blood of scared children, which is adrenochrome, you guys, is better. We have, um, hey, good old Johnny Depp. He's in the news right now, too, with this total distraction court case that none of us should even give two uh, bits about, but it's on every news and talked about. I mean, it's a total distraction. I hope you guys can see that. But anyway, good old Johnny Depp. He was even in the movie Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, where adrenochrome is a thing that they take to get high, right? It, this isn't this isn't a theory, you guys. I mean, there's that saying, art imitates life, right? They're showing you real life. It's even a thing in, in cartoon movies, you guys. I mean, that movie Monsters, Inc., <laughs> that's what they do. They scare kids and drain their blood. Anyway, people call me sometimes a far-fetched conspiracy theorist when... Man, I've dived down rabbit hole after rabbit hole, and I have come across tons of e evidence of horrible satanic worship that I don't even want to get into. Blood sacrifices and eating flesh and drinking blood. I mean, Megan admits that it's for ritual purposes only, right? As if somehow that makes it better. Like, oh, it's only for ritual purposes. Uh, by the way, it doesn't. What ritual is she talking about and who are they sacrificing to? This stuff has been going on since the OT days, you guys. It's just that the covers are being removed for you to see it. These rituals are worship 
of satanic Old Testament demonic gods, Moloch, Baal. This is Old Testament OT biblical stuff. I mean, I'd show you a passage about people worshiping, but <laughs> it's not just one. It's all throughout the entirety of the Old Testament. There's, there seems to be a pattern, like people worship the one true God, Yahweh. Somehow they get distracted by worldly things and then end up sacrificing to these idols. Then the real God, Yahweh, deals with them and they come back to God and then the cycle seems to start all over again. And it's still going on today, the same worship to these same idols, these same false gods, the same sacrifice, the same blood rituals are still happening today. In Hollywood, politicians, people in power of this world, the very rich, the very famous. And again, what's the difference between mainstream knowledge and a conspiracy theory? Uh, I'd give it about six months. Actually, it seems that this cycle is happening a whole lot faster nowadays, maybe uh, uh, three months. (laughs) Comedian George Carlin once said that it's a big club and you and I aren't in it. Have you ever heard the saying, selling your soul for fame and fortune? Well, that saying, you guys, didn't just come from nowhere. They show you who they are. I'm not a fan of Maya Angelou, but one thing that she said really has stuck with me, and that is, when people show you who they are, believe them the first time. I know that this stuff is hard to believe, but so is a lot of stuff. And yet here we are, right? Reality is reality. Okay, so, ew, and why? Why these rituals, demonic powers, why do they require blood, right? Why do these people drink blood? Well, there's power in the blood. The book of Leviticus says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. There's power in the blood. You guys, there's life in the blood. Has it ever crossed your mind why a lot of people faint when they see blood? I mean, we all have it. We all know we have it. We've all seen it. Why do so many people become faint at the sight of blood over any other substance? Because we know that there's power in the blood. Time Magazine, Allure Magazine, I mean, New York Post, the BBC, everyone's writing about blood right now. Allure Magazine, injecting yourself with teenage blood brings youth. New York Post, young blood is the secret to long-lasting health. The BBC had an article that said the people who drink human blood are the future. Vice Health did a whole article about rich elites using young blood to ward off aging. You guys, this isn't theory anymore. There is that special power in the blood beyond plasma and serum and red blood cells and white blood cells and the physical properties of it. Ugh, Sarah, this is a weird show. (laughs) Yes, you guys, everything being exposed right now all around us is a weird show. I mean, I feel like we're sitting back and watching the weirdest movie of all time. You know what I mean? And on this show, 
I'm not about glorifying evil, but shining the light that's been given us, right? We've talked about Ephesians chapter 5 that says, Take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness, but instead expose them. It says it is shameful to even talk about things that are ungodly that people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you the light. And oh my gosh, as that scripture passage, it sure keeps coming up again and again, doesn't it? When we say that we are awake, not woke, this is what we're talking about, that we are awakened, we are awake, and we've been given the light from Christ to be able to expose and shine into the dark corners. Anyway, have you ever stopped and actually thought about all the references about blood and drinking blood that we even have in our culture? Like um, vampire lore comes to mind here, uh, where we have these elites, these royal aristocrats who are drinking blood to have eternal youth. Uh, Sounds a little too close to reality, right? And as we know, again, art imitates life, right? And sometimes, you know, my mind kind of goes off into these spinning, thinking about different connections and things like that and connecting the dots. And as art imitates life, so does the enemy imitate God. His whole agenda is to deceive you. And I started to think about how the enemy lives to twist and take some something that God created and put his own nastiness into it. There's power in the blood, life breathed into every cell by the great creator. And so we have these evil lore that is now surrounding blood, right? Can you see where I'm going with this? And and what exactly is it about blood? You know, I don't really fully have the answer to that. Someday, maybe I'll know why, we'll know why blood is so powerful and why blood, spilling of blood is the answer to sin. I don't know. But for now, I just know that it is something powerful, special, and full of life. When Eve disobeyed God, listening to the serpent in the garden, death entered in. That's the first time we see blood being shed for the remission of sin. Sin has now stained everything from that moment on. The only way to correct that was the shedding of blood. Over and over throughout the New Testament, we see the sacrifice made to cover sin. And the only way to fix that, the only way to pay the atonement, the ransom of death, was the shedding of blood from a perfect source, the only one that could bridge that gap. And that source was Jesus. Remember that Jesus said he is the way, that he is the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him. We are talking about life in the blood and that Jesus 
is the life. No counterfeit, no false idol, no false God, only the blood of Jesus holds the power of life, of eternal life. In John chapter 6, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, that's Jesus, and drink His blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. That's pretty radical, you guys. These are Jewish men that he's saying this to, and blood is very sacred, and it's not something that you consume in any way. And they didn't understand exactly what he was saying. And he wasn't saying to the apostles and those in the temple and those listening to him, the disciples, to actually eat his flesh and drink his blood. Those were the practices of pagan worshipers. Remember, I said it's all throughout the Old Testament. These guys knew that that is what false idol god worship, pagan worship required, were these blood sacrifices and drinking blood. They understood the significance, and the passage goes on to say that, that everyone was confused. It was so controversial. It was so controversial that even many of the disciples that had been following Jesus, they bounced. They were like, yo, we are out. (laughs) You want me to drink your blood? I ain't staying for this. That is total damnation. I am not doing that. But really, they didn't have the full picture. They didn't know what Jesus was saying. They had no idea what was to come. They had no idea that it was his broken body Jesus said that he is the bread of life. They had no idea that his broken body, his death on the cross, his shed blood once and for all time for the forgiveness of sin, that he was the key, that he was the perfect specimen who fixed what Adam broke. They didn't understand, but Jesus knew what was to come and how important his blood would be. So much so that he wanted them to know how important it was to take his shed blood into them. Further down the road, a few days later, they are now at the Passover feast. The Passover happened thousands of years before, where the blood of a lamb was put over the doorposts and the angel of death passed by the houses that had the blood over the mantle, the blood, the blood of a perfect, spotless lamb, death passed over. And that is what the Passover feast is about. So as they were celebrating Passover, it says, as they were eating, Jesus took some of the bread and blessed it. And then he broke it in pieces and he gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat it, for this is my body. And then he took the cup of wine, and he gave thanks to God for it, and he gave it to them, and he said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. They didn't understand initially what Jesus was saying, but 
at the Passover feast, Jesus gave them yet another picture of what was to come. He took the bread and he broke it into many pieces and said, this is my body. They didn't know that within a very short time, his body would be broken and that his blood would be poured out. Eventually, they would come to fully realize what Jesus meant way back when he was saying to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they're like, what? And then fast forward to the Passover and they were like, oh, okay, we're kind of getting a picture. Okay, okay. And then what was to come before them? They would come to know. And even now, today, we give reverence to that moment by taking communion. We take broken bread and we take wine or grape juice as a symbol of the broken body and the blood. Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. It was the shedding of the blood of Jesus that made a way, that renewed the blood back to life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. It goes on to say that every time that you eat the bread and you drink the cup, that you're proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. My friend, demonic worshipers don't do what they do, because while there is power in the blood, And what they're doing isn't fake. We need to be mindful that there's so much more to all of this than meets the eye. There's power in the blood, the power of life given by God. Turn away from and don't settle for lies or anything less than the only way. The way, the truth, and the life's blood that was shed by Yeshua for your life, for my life. We were bought with the highest price, that precious blood of Jesus. And when you take communion, remember the blood that you were purchased with and proclaim that you are His until you see Him again. This battle raging all around us, it is getting fierce, fierce. The covers are being pulled back and we are seeing people for who they really are. And it can seem dark And it can seem scary, but I promise you, God wins. I love you guys. And until next time, peace.